music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we kick things off with our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about Sir Rod Stewart selling his music rights and likeness for almost $100 million. We also touch upon Jennifer Lopez dropping her new album and movie and hitting the road later on this year. We then dip into our vintage vault with American singer Fletcher, talking about her love of Celine Dion, the importance of how music brings people together, and what it felt like hearing her music on the radio for the very first time. Like us on Facebook, Kelly Alexander Show. Very happy to welcome back to the Kelly Alexander Show, our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. That's me. Hi, Kel. How are you? I'm good. And uh, I'm very excited because this week... We're going to talk about Sir Rod Stewart, who yes. I, let's not tell anyone, but I have a little crush on. I think he's cutesy. <laughs> yeah. you, you think he's what? Cutesy. Cutesy. Yeah, he's cutesy. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's one of those, like, I, I won't say ageless, but he's classic. Yeah. Yeah. A total classic. Iconic. He's all of the things that you uh, knew he would be all the way back in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, you know, uh, being a little kid and hearing some of his songs in the 80s and all that and just thinking like he was super cool at the time. And like he's continued to be cool because I think he's handled his um, like, you know, aging through the decades very well. Like he I think he yeah. knows his audience. He knows what he needs to do. He's not trying to do something he shouldn't be doing. Uh, I just think I think him and his team are very smart about his career. And funny talking about, uh, you know, going all the way back to the 70s. Uh, he he evolved he grew as an artist in the 70s and now he himself is at the end of the 70s as a 70 79 year old uh guy who's still kicking soccer balls into the crowd i love that i think it's awesome and uh the news that we got recently is the fact that he has now uh sold the rights to his music and likeness to um iconic artist group for just under 100 million dollars so i wanted to speak to you about this today because i know obviously as you mentioned you're a fan of his i'm a fan of his um and the thing that I read, too, at the end of the article was that he was supposed to sign with another company and decided in the end that that wasn't the company for him. And that's the company that has like Justin Bieber's catalog and uh, has a bunch of other um, people's catalog at this point, Bruce Springsteen, Lindsey Buckingham. Um, but Rod apparently was working on this for like a few years and then all of a sudden pulled the deal and was like, no. So what are your thoughts on the fact that he actually switched midstream? Well, I like the uh, I like the command of it. Like. It's it's easy for anybody to think that they're just selling their catalog and taking the cash, which, I mean, at the end of the day, the transaction is simple, right? <laughs> they're yeah. getting it and he's getting money. But yeah. I think if you're, if you, you know that you're not going to be, uh, your, your reputation is not going to be like sullied. Yep. You know, so you have, you have a choice and you, you buy the pitch and you go with the right person and you have to have a, you know, you have to follow your gut on decisions like that, especially when it's not just music it's his likeness so um i think that's a an interesting spot that we are in the world where where those things are part of uh, someone's legacies and they have a price tag on them but when the price tag is a hundred million dollars i'm like sharon you want mine i can find a catalog (laughs) you can have my likeness no problem (laughs) do you think though because i think you know you and i have, have chatted about this before as you know um 
artists have done this. And like we've seen, you know, Bruce Springsteen, who is older, he must be what? Is he 75, 73? He must be somewhere around there. Oh, I, I wish I could remember in this moment. But he's for sure in his 70s, I would think. Oh, of- yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, he's up there. Uh, but then you see like a Justin Bieber who's, you know, turning 30 soon and he's already done the first batch of his career to send it out. But what are your thoughts? Like, cause like I do see obviously, and I'm sure there's many more upsides and maybe even downsides that we don't know about because we're not in the uh, meetings and negotiations about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But like, for an older artist like um, a Rod Stewart or a Bruce Springsteen, it does feel like it's a wise choice to make. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm such a control freak that I'd still be scared about. I mean, obviously, there's there's clauses, but do you think that they have any concern really long term about what's their likeness and what they're going to do? Because I don't know, like, would a Bruce Springsteen want one of his songs in like, I don't know, a Pampers commercial in the future? I don't know. Well, maybe, um, maybe those are the the fine print, the fine printed details of what these um, agreements are. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe there is like, okay, well, I'll sign it over, but you can't use it in a diaper commercial, or you can't use it in, you know, we kill all the animals commercials. You know, mm-hmm. like there has to be some some uh, rules so that if you're handing over your likeness and your catalog, then it's not just to some rogue person who just wants to do weird things like i yeah. think that there's there's uh those things are considered i think it's interesting too first of all uh bruce springsteen will be 75 in okay. september mm-hmm. i think it's interesting to, to look at those uh characters like a bruce or a rod stewart and compare them to um like a justin bieber obviously the age difference but the time in their life i think it's interesting and i think it's reflective of uh, the generation that is Justin Bieber's that it's n- not like it's money now as an as like an irresponsible approach, but money now means I can invest it the way I want to now. And maybe I can live, you know, a, a successful life and career like Bruce Springsteen and Rod Stewart, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of a present moment, I feel for for a Justin Bieber. And it's it's funny how the ultimately it's the same decision that they're making but it's it's big news when it's like a a tenured career such as rod stewart's and bruce springsteen when they make those decisions it's like wow they're selling their music because they've cultivated their careers as as uh songwriters and artists and this is mine and this represents me and and it becomes a big deal when you you are saying that you are selling that Compared to a Justin Bieber who spent, you know, the last decade and a half, let's say, you know, growing into him was <laughs> growing into himself actually, you know, yeah. like physically growing into a man. So it's it, I find that contrast kind of interesting. I also find it interesting too, like against you know seeing older statesmen and women who have sold their their mm-hmm. uh, their catalog, and then like seeing like a Bieber who's younger. Um, because like I wonder too, and I, I the gist I got is that Bieber has sold up to this point, and now he's like almost like starting Act Two, let's say right. going yeah. forward. So that's almost that's interesting. But again, because he's only turning thirty, like, and again, I guess maybe like you said, it's in the fine print. But I'd be worried about let's say in ten years from now, he wants to do something with you know a track that he did you know like uh, Ghosts or whatever, and he wants to do yeah. something with it, but he can't without getting approval because he sold it. Well, then then that well he's getting the money now right so he he won't even consider that he would want to do something because it's not his anymore yeah so then as a creator he would then create something new Mm -hmm. that's relevant and still has the you know jb stamp on it yeah it's It's an interesting place to be i think 
It is because like, uh, and I think because he's not the only young one I'm blanking now, but there's a couple of other ones around uh, his age or younger artists. We'll just call them that that have decided to part ways with act number one. Mm -hmm. And And it's cool, too, because you can't go back to that. I mean, he could sing the songs and he could do like a medley of songs like like older uh, artists do in their career. You know, when they have a concert, they'll do a medley of stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's something that would be. It's not like it's gone forever. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's rerouted somewhat. Yeah. And I wonder too, like, obviously selling it, they're getting the, 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 the money right away. So then they're off to the races, do what they want to do. Um, and maybe it's all like part of that decision making is because they don't want to um, invest in the bandwidth of either hiring someone, which to me, they would have to, or hiring a team to deal with licensing, mm. you know, like, because that, that would be a personal cost to them to have somebody managing their music for them to say like, oh, this can go here and this can go here and that's a placement here and all that stuff. So this way with selling it outright, like it's not on them anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants those details Yeah. <laughs> at any stage. I'm in the process of considering whether I should get rid of my CDs don't Which do is, it. Again. It sounds. Don't do it. No, please. Can I tell you why? But tell me, you finish. Yeah. No, I was just saying because, like, it's a, it's a, big for me to even say that out loud. So now yeah. you're you're knocking me back down. What's happening? Why am I not doing it? So I've had uh, a friend do. I've had two friends do it, mm-hmm. uh, and one was super proud about doing it initially because like he jumped on the bandwagon early as soon as it was kind of possible to start doing that. Yeah. And then about four to five years later, immediate regret that it was gone that he doesn't have those physical copies anymore and that it's just not on that platform anymore and then my other friend also like uh not happy that they've gotten rid of some of their like i mean if you have a cd that you don't really care about i guess yeah like if you have batches of ones that you really don't care about but if there's like a a core 50 or 100 keep them i will never part with mine you can bury me with my cds (laughs) you're going to be buried by your cds exactly that's exactly what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah it's probably gonna happen but i think too like for me because like i know you know vinyl's a big thing and i i still have you know many happy memories of vinyl and so like you know i have a lot of janet remixes and like all that stuff um but for me, like growing up in the 90s, like I still remember my first CD was Janet's Control in 1992. And so that immediately just holding that one places me back to being 15. Yeah. Like you have those attachments to it. So again, if it's some random CD that I don't care about, then yeah, that's out the door. I'm not even probably going to waste time digitizing it. But I just, I wouldn't if I were you. I really would not to anyone's that you really care about. Okay. Noted. Okay. And I, I can say also in the same, since I'm being open yeah. <laughs> and anybody that lives in my house we, has a, a chance to listen to this, me admitting this, <laughs> there are a ton that I don't care about. Okay. So, okay. so those can go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, just a quick um, update on the fact that we got big news that Jennifer Lopez heading out on tour. Yeah. And coming to Canada. Which is great. And like right off the hop, unlike some other artists who make us wait and wonder and fret, mm-hmm. if they're going to come to Montreal. Uh, I'm talking to you, Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> but now he's coming, which is great. Um, yeah. So she's announced like Toronto, Montreal, she's coming. Um, and they're she, and I like that she's doing that cluster where it's like, it's like Toronto, Montreal, Boston. Like she's doing yeah. all those ones for us. Um, but, but are you, uh, okay, and I can't believe it's already been like when she heads out on tour, it'll be five years since she did her last one. Because again, it's like pandemic lost all those years for us. Yep. She went out in 2019 when she turned 50. Yeah. This is cool. She's, I love that it's, uh, uh, the name of it is This Is Me Now, right? Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> I saw her, you saw her on Saturday Night Live or didn't you? 
Uh, I've taped it. I haven't watched. Okay, it. perfect. Watch it because it's great. Like she's just, she's really good. Yeah. And what I didn't know was that story about uh, the SNL host of that episode, who yeah. is on uh, the Bear, Io Adebri, mm-hmm. who apparently three four years ago said something on her own podcast about uh, Jennifer Lopez's career as one long scam. Yep. That's uh, not a shining moment. Not a shining moment, but I think the the shine came for her when she uh, Jennifer Lopez tells the story about how she um, she apologized. Yeah, and so for a young woman still in her twenties to recognize that a she was young, you know, yep. three yep. four years ago, and said something, you know, stupid, let's say, uh, and then admit that you know. You, you, you're ugh, sorry. You, the person now is not saying that or thinking the same things as you did then. And you can look back at yourself and go, yeah, I was dumb. That was wrong. I'm sorry. I think is, uh, uh, very mature of her. So I like her even more now. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And, and the thing that's crazy too, is like so many of these things that you think would never even be remembered or found out. Somebody's looking for stuff all the time to get you in trouble. Yeah, like always are. it's crazy. And then the back to Jennifer for just a second. Yeah, and the fact yeah. that did you see her when she came in 2019 when she was on that tour? I did not. I haven't seen her live. Okay. I've heard that it's one of the, cause I did a, a topic, um, I guess about well, after you and I had gone to the Madonna concert, not together, but we mm-hmm. went yeah. and I talked about it on, uh, my radio station that I work for. And one of the people that wrote in, cause I said, what's the, what's the best concert you've been to that was better than you thought it was going to be like exceeded yep. your expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody texted in and said how amazing her concert was when she was here. Oh, cool. And then I think I've spoken to you before too, like on one of the um, shows that we do uh, under the Kelly Alexander show umbrella, just dance. We spoke to uh, one of JLo's former choreographers and she just talked about what a boss she is when she's, like doing everything basically, but she's fearless when it comes to what, you know, what they decide for her to, to, to do like, um, dance wise, mm-hmm. you know, that she's always willing to give it a go. She's very adamant. I think about pushing herself and making sure it's the best show she can possibly put on. So I think that'll be case in point for this one coming. I think she's happy where she is in her life. And I think that's reflected in the name of, uh, this is me now. She looks fantastic. She's always looked fantastic. She's, yep. I think, committed to every level of uh, of her career, every angle of it, what she contributes to make herself better and better every time it, it shows. And she's she's reaping the rewards. That is correct. Well, Sharon Highland, thank you kindly for your time. I always appreciate it. Kelly, it's always nice to chat. That is our music editor, Sharon Highland. Again, you can uh, listen to the podcast that we co-host together, 90s Now, and follow us on all of our social media platforms at 90s Now FM. And of course, follow Sharon on Instagram at the Sharon Highland. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us on the show is New Jersey native recording artist Fletcher, who's had an amazing success with songs like Undrunk, Girls, 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 Bitter, and Healing. She's performed on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, The Today Show, and even on Ellen. Fletcher is currently on tour and will be here in Montreal on March the 26th at L'Astral. Fletcher, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hi, I'm so stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. So first of all, I have to ask you this. How did you get into making music and was your family supportive like right off the hop? Um, Well, I started with uh, classical vocal training, weirdly enough, when I was like five years old. And then my job uh, throughout high school, I was a Disney princess impersonator (laughs) for little kids birthday parties, as well as Taylor Swift and Hannah Montana. So 
so music has been like a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And my family has always been wildly supportive of me kind of chasing after that. So I am incredibly lucky in the sense that I've always had, you know, kind of like a support system that was like, go chase those dreams. And, you know, I'm still, I'm doing that right now, which is pretty crazy. I have to ask you as well, because I'm always fascinated to ask artists like who they listened to growing up and if those artists uh, kind of reflect in their own music that they're producing these days. So who did you listen to? And do you think that happens to you? It's funny. My parents like weren't really, no one in my family is like musically talented whatsoever. I, I have no idea where it came from. But And they didn't really listen to that much music growing up. We had like three CDs in the house growing up and it was it was Bruce Springsteen, Bob Marley, and Celine Dion, which is a very strange <laughs> concoction of, like, artists. But they were, like, the people that I listened to growing up, like, especially, you know, coming from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And Bruce is, like, really kind of an icon for me, his, his sort of storytelling. And there's a lot of elements of, um, I always just really try to, like, depict a really certain feeling and tell a super specific story and just had, like, a really... Um, big fascination and like appreciation for vocals from Celine Dion from a young age. I was like singing before I was ever kind of really even speaking. Um, so those are some of the people that I uh, listened to that has absolutely impacted both like my, um, my career as a songwriter and a performer. Well, as someone from Montreal, which is where Celine sort of hails from, like around Montreal, uh, we appreciate that you love her. So thank you so much for saying that. That's great. I'm a big Celine Dion fan for, for days. So, Amazing. Yeah, I'm all day. <laughs> now, uh, I know your career is like, you know, it's obviously it's on fire. It's, it's heading to new stratospheres and new heights. But so far, can you tell me, like, in your mind, what's the best experience you've had so far in, in your music career? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I think... After the last two and a half years of like basically being just locked in my bedroom and um, not really getting to experience like my favorite parts about my career, I think I have like a whole new appreciation for getting to see people in person and like play, play these shows and be on this tour. I like, I think I went through a bit of an identity crisis and I, I don't know, I think all of us just in general, like we really had to learn what our worth was like outside of um, our productivity and I went through such an identity crisis because I'm like oh if I'm not performing if I'm not getting to like live out this music and this experience like who am I and like now that I I don't know I think I did like a, a lot of soul searching and some deep work and like found my worth outside of those things and now that I can bring who that new person is like to this environment and get to connect with these people again and play these shows and be on this tour is like truly the most I think it's the most proud like I've I've ever been and, and the most fulfilled I've ever been like and I've have realized in a whole new way how much music actually connects people and how how important it is and it like I cry on stage every night at how emotional it makes me um and so I, I think I don't know this tour like might really be the highlight of my career I've done some cool things I played like um I played a radio show at Madison Square Garden, like uh, Jingle Ball with like Taylor Swift and Halsey, which I was like pinching myself. I'm like, how did I, how am I here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> That's um, awesome. So that was like a career pinching, you know, moment. But I don't know. I think this tour feels really special to me. Joining us on the show is American singer-songwriter Fletcher. Follow Fletcher on social media at Finding Fletcher. Where were you and how did, how did you feel the first time you heard Undrunk on the radio? I was 
in my car. I was in a car wash and I like was, and then I was like trying to pull out of the car wash as fast as I could, but they tell you not to drive when you're in like a drive through car wash. And then I finally got out and, and then I just like pulled over on the side of the road and I was like screaming on the top of my lungs and it was, it was on the radio station that I grew up my whole entire life listening to like every day back and forth when my mom would like drive me to school as a little kid. Like it was like, that was my, it was my radio station and hearing my song on it and hearing them say my name. I, was, I don't know. It was, um, radio is like you, as a little kid, like if somebody that wants to be an artist, if you dream of hearing your song and you dream of hearing something on the radio and when that moment finally happened, it was like just as magical as I had, always kind of thought that it would be um so yeah it was it's pretty nuts. <laughs> that is fantastic. I ask that question a lot because I'm always fascinated to see what the answer will be. And I think you have given me the best one ever. So that you were in the car wash. <laughs> so congratulations. That's you I was win. In the car wash, like crying, like <laughs> like literally bawling my eyes out, just trying to get out so I could take a video of it. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. You win. You win. Now I have to say this as a fellow um, member of the LGBTQ plus community, it is amazing to watch your music videos and feel represented on screen. So, uh, mm-hmm. and also to, you know, along with the music as well, of course, which is the forefront of everything. Was it a hard decision or a challenging decision to make sure you were being your authentic self um, to, to come forth to your fans and, and sing about what your life is actually like? Yeah, uh, I think it was the most difficult, one of the most difficult decisions I've probably ever made in my life. I think at the beginning of my career, I was kind of receiving a lot of um, criticism from people in the sense that they were like, you know, don't do this. You might alienate a certain group of people. Why would you do that? You you don't need to talk about your business. Keep it universal. Like all these sort of things. And I just had this like really, this like deep feeling somewhere inside of me that was just like, it's if you don't, if you're not honest about your authentic experience and what's happening in your life and and the things that you've gone through, it's like, I know, I know that I needed to hear those messages as a kid growing up so desperately. And so I'm like, if I needed this, then I know somebody else does. And it was at that moment that I'm like, I can't be selfish. I can't be selfish with this in the sense that I have I can't keep these stories just for me because like there's someone else's too. And it's somebody else's experience. And I, I just like knew that I needed to be the artist that I really needed growing up. And I think everybody needs that representation and to see themselves in someone and something because we're all so deeply connected to one another. And, you know, I just, I couldn't imagine like living out my career in any other way other than just extremely, I have no filter. Like I'm from Jersey. I like <laughs> curse like a sailor. I don't know how to do anything else but like tell the truth <laughs> in a really kind of crude and blunt way. But it's also, I just think that we need so much more of that in the world. Like we don't. Everything's like a filter. You know, everything's like a highlight reel. And I'm just, I'm just like out here trying to be like, no, it's not. This is like, this is the real. This is what it's like, or at least for me. And the fact that that's connected with like even anyone really blows my mind. I have to say also as someone who's been on, you know, the radio for many years and, and being on a pop radio station, a top 40 station, you know, um, 
you know what the expectation is like for most female artists, you know, like there's a there's a type, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it's totally. amazing what you and like what Haley Kyoko have done to be like and I, I don't even know how to say this, but like I guess queer pop artists, if I can put it that way. Like even though you're so much more to me mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure to your fans than that, but just so so like we have somebody in the pop world doing what you guys are doing and it's okay and you're cool and you're funky and it's extra risky for you because it's the pop world. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of um, biases and stigmas and expectations for women in the entertainment industry or in any industry in general, but like especially in music and especially in pop music. And so it's a really terrifying thing to think that you could potentially be like shooting yourself in the foot in any capacity or not giving yourself the best possible chance of success. But I'm also just like, I don't know if I can, cur- I'm not going to curse, but like, it's really, I, I, it's so hard for me to not say the F word right now, but, <laughs> but it's like, F that version of success. I don't want it then. Like if it's not, if it's not in alignment with who I am as a person and exactly how I want to tell it and experience it, then I don't want it. Um, and I think, I don't know, we just we need to like take more risks and, and, and and not be so afraid of what other people are thinking about us because society is just like a big like BS construct anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, I know we're running out of time, but I have a, a, a quick couple of uh, questions for you. I'm calling it Fast Facts with Fletcher. So um, okay. if you could switch places with another artist or producer for a day, like who would it be and why? I just like really want to be Rihanna for five minutes because <laughs> I truly think... She is like the most glamorous, stunning, like iconic human. And she just always looks like she looks amazing. Pregnant. Her music's so good. She's wildly successful, like baller, has so much money. Uh, I would love to be, I would like to be Rihanna for a little bit. That's cool. I love that. Who is the coolest person in Fletcher's phone, apart from your family and friends? I mean... I could call Holly. That could, that would be pretty cool. I could call Haley Kiyoko. I could call Kelsey Ballerini. Um, <laughs> That's pretty baller. That's pretty baller. I, I have some pretty cool women and humans and um, that I have been really fortunate enough to like connect with in that way. Yeah. That's very cool. Now, have you ever been starstruck? Um, Yes, I definitely have been starstruck. I was very starstruck uh, when I met Taylor Swift. I was at a birthday party of hers, and I just, I told her, I was like, I, you know, you're like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And she was like, I really love your songwriting. And then she like talked about a song of mine. And then I nearly passed out, and that was cute. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, that was quite <laughs> that was quite a moment. So I think I was I think I was a little starstruck meeting Taylor Swift for sure, just because I just grown up listening to her, and um, yeah, I think she's just like one of the best st- storytellers that we've ever had. Do you have a message for your Montreal fans? I am so so beyond excited to hopefully see some of you at my show. Um, and if I don't get to see you this time, I hope I get to see you next time. I love you all so deeply, so much. Thank you for supporting me. And if you have no idea who I am, that's also fine too. It's nice to meet you. Maybe we can be friends. <laughs> but I love you guys. And thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. And for 
let me say hi today. Fletcher, that's awesome. It's been so um, amazing to have you and keep doing what you're doing because uh, you are making a difference and we appreciate it and we appreciate you and we cannot wait to have you in Montreal. So congratulations on all your success. Oh, thanks, Kelly. I appreciate it. That's American singer-songwriter Fletcher. Follow Fletcher on social media at Finding Fletcher. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week and a shout out to our guests, Fletcher and Sharon Hyland. My thanks, of course, to our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a wonderful job putting the show together. And don't forget that you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. And you can also join our newsletter on the website. Have a great week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.